team, Coach Gary here. This is episode 19 of the Brick and Block podcast and features the audio version of my January 2020 column written for Masonry Magazine. You probably know the column as Full Contact Project Manager. The title of the column you're about to hear is Looking Forward by Knowing the Past, Remembering the Rest of the Story. Team, here's a warning. This podcast runs counter to what many college professors believe. Proceed at your own risk. Note, this article was originally written a couple of years ago to provide some history of December 7, 1941. It is even more important this year, as you should hear much talk about that date now 70 years ago this December. It's critical you get the whole story, as the opponents of Western civilization may be doing their best to tarnish, trample, and torpedo the reality of the Second World War. Look, as you can tell, I'm about fed up with the egghead class, changing language, changing history, changing values, changing beliefs, heck, changing genders, making this stuff up as they go along. Well, it's time for some sanity and some perspective, which is what Coach Gary is about to deliver. Stand by. And all things considered, in some respects, this might be one of the most important podcasts I've ever done. But then again, all of my podcasts are important. So dig in. We begin immediately. And by immediately, I mean once I remind everyone that you can find our podcast website at brickandblockpodcast.com. That's brickandblockpodcast.com. Spell out the and, A-N-D. As I've said before, I'm a big proponent of having websites that support your business, and I've got an excellent example of one. It's the Masonry Contractor Special website. You'll see it there. That's what you're looking for. It's mobile-friendly. It's modern, fast, bulletproof, beautiful, cutting-edge, done for you, and practically free. You'll love this one, so check it out. And, of course, if you're not a Masonry Contractor, we have very similar websites, but in your specialty. So, check it out. Okay, team, hang on. Buckle up. Listen up. And prepare to move up. Episode 19, Looking Forward by Knowing the Past, Remembering the Rest of the Story, begins now. Here's a quote from Winston Churchill. Those who do not learn from history are condemned to repeat it. For absolute certainty, there will be no shortage of articles and messages this time of year about 2020 vision and that sort of thing. But I ask you to invest a few moments right now and look at my little offering because it just might be super significant for you in this uncertain world and industry we find ourselves. Stuff always happens, but you need to hang in there because the rest of the story might just be around the corner to the part where the cavalry arrives and the good guys win. And that's the theme for the new year because that's my hope and expectation. Check it out. 
For the past 20 plus years now, I've been meeting for breakfast with the same group of guys first Saturday of each month. And it's amazing to me the amount of wisdom coming from them on all sorts of subjects and ideas. And I hope you have the same kind of people in your life. They are among my most important mentors. They're my coaches. So when Coach Mark approached me and said that our group of guys would be meeting on December 7th next and wondered if I might want to share something about the significance of that day, I agreed, provided we could go into the lessons learned and the leadership attached to that significant day. What does it all mean for that time and for ours going forward? Well, President Franklin D. Roosevelt summed up things this way when he announced to our country, Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. I regret to tell you that many American lives have been lost. In addition, American ships have been reported torpedoed on the high seas between San Francisco and Honolulu. It's pretty bad stuff, right? But let's not miss the rest of the story. Is the cavalry on the way? Is there going to be a rest of the story? Let's take a look. Those two sentences from FDR were the facts, and they are terrible. But those facts are only part of the story, which is far more profound, much larger, and more significant the story does not end there. In fact, it doesn't even begin there. Because where it actually begins has everything to do with, not where it ends, but where it is heading. You, knowing what that heading is, has everything to do with how your business, community, and your family grow. We're talking about the history of our country because it is the driving force of your legacies, be it business, community, or family going forward. Do not miss this. In your experience, you know that things often go wrong. Unsolvable problems present themselves. Seemingly impossible issues arise. Things are going along well and then out of the blue, bad stuff happens. In this case, Pearl Harbor is attacked out of the blue, the enemy seeking to destroy the U.S. Pacific Fleet. In fact, on that Sunday morning, nine U.S. battleships were in port. The enemy thought it had accomplished its mission, but it miscalculated. And you'll learn why in a moment. But the lesson here is that life situations which might cripple the unwitting, will not take you down, provided you understand your legacy and how critical it is to pass this along to others and that they might do the same. So let's go to the beginning of the story. What is this uniquely American legacy that redeems us from the bad and gets us to the good? Let's start here. America was settled by people seeking freedom of religion, the press, for the right to own property, and a desire to be governed by the rule of law, not ruled according to the dictates and might of kings. 
In this country, for the first time ever in the history of the world, we solemnly believed and resolved that the king was no longer to be the law, but that law itself was to be king. And this turned civilization on its head. To make this happen, Americans picked a fight with the mightiest nation on earth at the time to instill into its people and install into its government the sanctity that these rights, held by most people, were God-given. A formal declaration of independence was written and then signed by 57 men, each pledging our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor it would cost many of them exactly that. In 1776, this revolution, tenuous at first and unlikely to succeed, overcame the impossible and the miraculous came to pass. Tens of thousands of lives were taken, wounded or captured to make this a reality. Never forget, this is our legacy. In 1861, a great civil war was fought to decide the issue of slavery. President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1, 1863, freeing, on paper, at least the slaves in rebelling states. April 9, 1865, the South surrendered. April 14, 1865, Lincoln was assassinated. Over four years, more than 620,000 soldiers from both sides cast the ultimate vote, as did President Lincoln. The law was settled. At great cost, the nation moved on. Our legacy of freedom was preserved. Fast forward to 1941 and the specter of World War. The U.S. and Japan had ongoing diplomatic negotiations and peace talks up through December 6th in Washington, D.C., with talks scheduled to continue the following week. Sunday was supposed to be an off day. This now brings us back to the events of December 7th, 1941. 7.55 a.m. The first wave of 183 Japanese fighters, bombers, and torpedo bombers attacked Pearl Harbor. 8.10 a.m. An 1,800-pound bomb lands in the USS Arizona's forward ammunition magazine. The ship explodes and sinks with 1,000-plus men trapped inside. Torpedoes hit the USS Oklahoma with about 400 sailors aboard. She loses balance, rolls to her side, and sinks. 8.54 a.m., the second wave of 170 planes attacked. The battle was over before 10 o'clock a.m. In its wake, 2,403 service members were killed. 1,178 wounded. 169 U.S. Army Air Corps and Navy planes were destroyed. 19 vessels were damaged, nearly half of which were sunk fully or partially. Every battleship in Pearl Harbor had sustained significant damage. 
the USS Arizona, the Oklahoma, the California, the West Virginia, the Utah, the Maryland, the Pennsylvania, the Tennessee, and the Nevada. Pretty bad stuff, right? Do things get better? Know that all but the Arizona, Oklahoma, and Utah were eventually salvaged and repaired so that six battleships were returned to service. The Japanese ambassadors left town on December 8th. December 9th, 1941. Americans begin to enlist in record numbers. During the course of the war, over 16 million Americans served from a U.S. population of 140 million. 11% of all Americans fought in World War II. By comparison, 1% fought during the Iraq War. Every family had a stake in this fight, either in the military or in support of it. My mom and at least one of my aunts became welders in an aircraft plant. February 19, 1942, President Roosevelt issues Executive Order 9066, and 110,000 Japanese Americans are forced to leave their homes, and they are interred in 10 detention camps until December of 1944. April 2nd, 1942, the USS Hornet steams from San Francisco with 16 B-25 Mitchell bombers lashed to her desk. The 80 crew members aboard had trained on land-based runways to get airborne within 467 feet. That's the length of the Hornet flight deck. All were volunteers. It was considered to be a suicide mission. April 8, 1942. All 16 bombers led by Lieutenant Colonel James Doolittle successfully launched from the Hornet for a surprise air attack on Tokyo by U.S. bombers. All hit targets, doing little damage, but proving to the Japanese that their island was not invulnerable to attack by the U.S., it's a huge, needed, psychological boost to the Allies as the war was going badly. One plane landed in Russia, 15 toward nationalist China. All ran short on fuel and either crash-landed or the crew bailed out. Three crewmen were killed, eight captured, tortured, and starved. This bravery is a part of the DNA in our legacy. April 19, 2019, Lieutenant Richard Cole, last surviving member of this raid, dies at age 103, 77 years plus one day. May 1942, the war was going well for Japan, which wanted to get the U.S. into a fight for Midway Island in order to lure U.S. aircraft carriers, defeat them, which would ultimately destroy the U.S. Pacific Fleet. Carriers were much more important to the fleet than battleships. May 28th, the largest Japanese fleet ever leaves its bases and heads to sea 
commanded by Admiral Yamamoto, who is confident of victory but does not know that the U.S. has cracked their intelligence code and is aware of their plans of possible attack on Midway. June 1942. U.S. Admiral Chester Nimitz puts a task force together. Desperately in need of carriers, he has to allow the USS Yorktown to go to Pearl Harbor for two-plus weeks of emergency repairs. But Nimitz has a plan. 1,400 shipyard workers move onto the ship en masse, work around the clock, and complete the repairs in 72 hours. She rejoins the task force. The Battle of Midway rages four days from June 4th to June 7th, 1942. Japan had four carriers, three cruisers, 12 destroyers, 248 aircraft from carriers, and 16 float planes. The U.S. had three carriers, eight cruisers, 15 destroyers, 233 carrier aircraft, 127 land-based aircraft, and 16 subs. These are the losses. Japan, four carriers were sunk, one cruiser sunk, and one was damaged. 248 aircraft were destroyed, 3,057 troops, KIA, 37 were captured. The U.S., one carrier was sunk, that's the Yorktown. One destroyer sunk, that's the Hammond. 150 aircraft destroyed, and 307 service members were KIA. Midway was widely considered the turning point of the war and the largest naval battle in history. Japan was unable to replenish its war materials easily, while the U.S. industrial might could support. February 1, 1943, the 442nd Regimental Combat Team was created and was composed entirely of Japanese Americans, some of whom had family members in detention camps. Serving in Italy, France, and Germany, its motto was, Go for Broke. By April 1943, it had a fighting complement of 4,000 men, with some 14,000 total serving overall. In less than two years, its members were awarded 9,486 Purple Hearts, 4,000 Bronze Stars, 21 of its members were awarded the Medal of Honor. It is the most decorated unit in U.S. military history. A family friend of mine had a brother killed in action while she and the rest of her family remained in the camp. It's amazing, sad, true. Part of our legacy as Americans of all stripes. While all of this is going on in the Pacific, the Allies simultaneously and successfully launch the largest amphibious landing in the history of warfare, Operation Overlord, also known as D-Day, the landing at Normandy, which was June 6th through August 30th, 1944. A few months later, the Battle of the Bulge, December 16th, 1944 to January 25th, 1945. 
May 8, 1945 VE Day Victory in Europe August 6, 1945 The atomic bomb is dropped on Hiroshima. President Truman calls for Japan to surrender, warning of further destruction. Japan rejects that. August 6, 1945 The atomic bomb is dropped on Nagasaki. August 15, 1945, Emperor Hirohito announced surrender. September 2, 1945, VJ Day, victory over Japan. Japan signs unconditional surrender aboard the USS Missouri. Team, this is who we are. This is why when you get down, you know you're going to get back up. It's in our DNA. It is the legacy of our country. And more than that, it is your legacy. And that's the rest of the story. Okay, team, that's it for today. You can reach out to us by email, brickandblockpodcast at gmail.com. Spell out the word and, A-N-D, brickandblockpodcast at gmail. And remember, I've got that website example there for you to check out. As a favor, be sure and subscribe to the podcast. It's important because we want you to join us for the next episode. Now, for the Brick and Block Podcast... This is Coach Gary. Thanks for stopping by.